Welcome to the Brothers Grimm Lunch Break. I'm Eric Wagoner. Today I'll be reading Lucky Hans. After Hans had served his master for seven years, he said to him, Master, my time is up, and since I want to go back home to my mother now, I'd like to have my wages. You've served me faithfully and honestly, said the master, and I shall reward you in kind. So he gave Hans a gold nugget as big as his head, whereupon Hans pulled a kerchief out of his pocket, wrapped it around the nugget, lifted it to his shoulder, and set out for home. As he was meandering along, one foot following the other, he caught a glimpse of a rider trotting toward him on a lively horse. The man appeared to be very cheerful and vigorous. Ah, said Hans very loudly, riding is such a wonderful thing. All you have to do is sit there as if you were in a chair. You never have to worry about stumbling on stones. You can save on shoes and get wherever you want in a jiffy. Upon hearing Hans speak this way, the rider stopped his horse and cried out, If that's so, why in the world are you walking, Hans? I have to, he answered. I've got to carry this large nugget. Sure, it's gold, but it's so heavy that I can't keep my head straight, and my shoulder's been feeling the weight. I'll tell you what, said the horseman. Let's exchange. I'll give you my horse, and you give me your gold nugget. Gladly, said Hans, but let me warn you, it's a terribly heavy load to carry. The horseman dismounted, took the gold, and helped Hans get on the horse. The horseman put the reins firmly into his hands and said, If you want to go at a quick pace, you've got to click your tongue and shout, Giddy up! Giddy up! Hans was in seventh heaven when he sat on the horse, and he began riding free and easy. After a while, he thought he ought to be going faster, so he clicked his tongue and shouted, Giddy up! Giddy up! Whereupon the horse broke out into such a fast trot that Hans was thrown off and was soon lying in a ditch between the road and the fields. The horse would have run away, too, if it had not been stopped by a farmer who happened to be coming that way and driving a cow before him. Hans pulled himself together and got up on his feet, but he was very irritated and said to the farmer, Riding's no fun at all, especially when you wind up with a mare like this one that bucks and throws you off. I'm never getting on that horse again. Now, your cow is a different story. You can walk behind it at your ease. Not only that, you're sure of having milk, butter, and cheese every day. I'd give anything to have a cow like that. Well, said the farmer, if you really like my cow so much, then I'll be glad to trade the cow for the horse. Hans agreed with utmost joy. So the farmer swung himself onto the horse and rode off in a hurry. Now Hans drove the cow before him in a leisurely way and thought about his lucky deal. All I need now is a piece of bread, and I'm sure to get some bread. Then I'll be able to eat my butter and cheese with it as often as I like. If I get thirsty, I'll just milk my cow and drink the milk. What more could my heart possibly ask for? When he reached a tavern, he stopped and ate up everything he had with great relish, both his lunch and supper, and he ordered a glass of beer with his last few hellers. Then he continued to drive his cow onward toward his mother's village. As midday approached and Hans was traipsing over a heath that would take at least another hour to cross, the heat became unbearable. Indeed, it became so hot that his tongue stuck to the roof of his mouth with thirst. There's a way to remedy this situation, thought Hans. I'll just milk my cow and refresh myself with the milk. 
He tied the cow to a withered tree, and since he did not have a bucket, he put his leather cap underneath. However, no matter how much he tried, not one drop of milk came out. And since he was so clumsy in the attempt, the cow finally lost her patience and gave him such a kick in the head with one of her hind legs that he fell down. It took a long time for him to recover and regain a sense of where he was. Fortunately, a butcher happened to come his way at that moment. He was pushing a young pig in a wheelbarrow and called out to Hans, "'Somebody's been playing tricks on you!' He helped good old Hans to his feet, and then Hans proceeded to tell him what had happened. The butcher handed him his flask and said, "'Just take a drink and you'll feel better. That cow of yours probably won't give you milk because it's too old. At best, it's fit only for the plow or for the slaughterhouse.' "'No fooling,' said Hans, who stroked his hair. "'Who would ever have thought that?' Naturally, it's a good thing to have a beast around your home that you can slaughter. It'll sure make for a lot of meat. But I don't care for beef that much. It's not juicy enough for me. On the other hand, a young pig like yours has quite a different taste. And just think of the sausages. Listen, Hans, said the butcher. I'd like to do you a personal favor, as a friend, and trade the pig for your cow. May God reward your kindness, said Hans, and he handed over the cow to the butcher, who, in turn, got the pig out of the wheelbarrow and gave Hans the rope to which the pig was tied so he could lead it away. As Hans resumed his journey, he thought to himself how everything was going just as he wished. Whenever anything disturbing happened, it was always set right immediately. Soon he met up with a boy carrying a white goose under his arm. They said good day to each other, and Hans began to tell him about his luck and how he always managed to make such advantageous trades. The boy responded and said he was carrying the goose to a christening feast. Just lift her, he continued, and he grabbed the goose by her wings. See how heavy she is? They've been fattening her up for the last eight weeks. Anyone who takes a bite of her after she's been roasted will have to wipe the fat from both sides of his mouth. I agree, said Hans, as he weighed the goose with one hand. She certainly is heavy enough but my pig's no lightweight either. Meanwhile, the boy began looking around suspiciously in all directions and shaking his head. Listen, he spoke again. There's something the matter here, and it concerns your pig. Somebody stole the pig from the mayor's sty in the village I just passed through. I fear, yes, I really fear that you've got the pig in your hands. They've sent some people out, and it would be terrible if they caught you with the pig. The very least they'd do to you is throw you into a dark dungeon. Good old Hans was horrified. Oh, God, he said. Couldn't you help me out of this mess? You know your way around these parts better than I do. Take my pig there and give me your goose. This means my taking a risk, too, responded the boy. But I don't want to be at fault for your getting into trouble. So he took the rope in his hand and quickly moved off with the pig down a side road. Now good old Hans felt free of his worries and continued his journey homeward with a goose under his arm. When I really think about it, he said, I got the better of him in the deal. First there's the fine roast meat, then the large amount of fat that will drip out and supply me with enough goose fat for my bread for the next three months. And finally there are the beautiful white feathers. I'll have my pillow stuffed with them, and nobody will ever have to rock me to sleep again. I'm sure my mother will be delighted about that. As he was passing through the last village, he came upon a scissors grinder standing next to his cart. His wheel was humming, and he was singing along. 
I sharpen scissors and grind away and let the wind guide me from day to day. Hans stopped and watched him. Finally, he went over to the man and said, You feel so well because you like what you're doing, don't you? Yes, said the scissors grinder. This business has got a solid foundation. A good scissors grinder is someone who always finds money whenever he digs into his pocket. But tell me, where did you buy that beautiful goose? Oh, I didn't buy it. I traded my pig for it. And the pig? I got that for a cow. And the cow? That I received for a horse. And the horse? That I got for a gold nugget that was as big as my head. And the gold? Oh, that made up my wages for seven years' service. Say, you really know how to look out for your interests. Now, if only you could manage it so that you could hear money jingling in your pocket whenever you stood up, your luck would be made. How can I manage that? Hans asked. You've got to become a scissors grinder like me. All you really need for that is a grindstone. The rest takes care of itself. Now, I happen to have one here for you. It's a little damaged, but you won't have to give me anything for it except your goose. What about it? How can you even ask? Hans answered. You'll make me the luckiest man on earth. If I have money whenever I put my hand in my pocket, I won't have to worry about a thing anymore. So he handed him the goose and took the grindstone in return. Now, said the scissors grinder, as he picked up a plain ordinary stone that was lying near him on the ground, I'm going to give you this solid stone as part of the bargain. You can hit as hard as you want on it and straighten out all your old nails. Just make sure that you take good care of it. Hans lifted the stones, put them on his back, and continued happily on his way. His eyes sparkled for joy. I must have been born under a lucky star, he exclaimed. Everything I wish for comes true. It's as though the gods were looking after me. In the meantime, since he had been walking all day, he had become tired. In addition, he was suffering from hunger because he had eaten up all his provisions to celebrate the great cow trade he had made. It was only with great difficulty that he managed to continue, and even then he had to stop every other minute. The stones were weighing him down unmercifully, and he could not help thinking how nice it would be if he could get rid of them at that moment. Finally, he saw a well in a field, and as he crawled toward it, he resembled a snail. He was hoping to rest and refresh himself with a cool drink of water, and he laid the rocks carefully on the edge of the well, right next to him, to avoid damaging them. After that, he sat down and leaned over to drink. But he made a false move and nudged the stones just enough that they fell into the water. As Hans saw the stones sink to the bottom, he jumped up for joy. Then he knelt down and thanked God with tears in his eyes for showing him such mercy and for relieving him of the stones in such a gracious way. Indeed, those stones had become a great burden for him. Nobody under the sun is as lucky as I am exclaimed Hans, and with a light heart and free from all his burdens, he now ran all the way home until he reached his mother. The End The Brothers Grimm Lunch Break is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. Download it and share it all you'd like, but don't change it or sell it. The translations used are copyright Jack Zipes and are used with permission. His collected translations... The Complete Fairy Tales of the Brothers Grimm is available on the media of your choice from Bantam Books. The music is Mount Timbrel by Jamie Janover off his All Strings Considered album, 
available on magnatune.com. If you'd like to listen to any of the other tales, you can find them on our website, grimlunch.org, where you can also leave comments or subscribe through iTunes. And if you're in iTunes, would you mind leaving a review or clicking on stars to give this podcast a rating? It helps other people find the podcast, and I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Thank you.